Welcome back. Hi. To another episode of Thoughts May Vary. With two girls that did not sleep. That's fine. Because it's a new year. Because <laughs> it's 2024. It yeah. yeah. What do you mean, is it though, cranky ass? Because I am still hibernating. I've posted about it 700 times, but I it's not a new year till the spring for me. Mm. I'm in the exact same spot I was before. I'm hibernating. I'm not talking to anybody. I'm planting my little seeds, doing my little things, mm-hmm. conserving my energy, going to bed. Very, I was in bed by eight. I didn't fall asleep till midnight, but I was in bed just moping around. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Meadow's super fun to hang out with right now. You should really hit I'm, her up. <laughs> yeah, I'm very sensitive right now. No one talked to me. I was on Do Not Disturb for two weeks. Yeah. And it was, you know, three weeks too short. Mm-hmm. I really want to go back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You texted me one day and I didn't answer you for three days. And at first I felt like a tinge of guilt. And I was like, what? My phone was literally, I didn't text anyone for two weeks. I've been on do not disturb. I'm still working through responding to people. She's I wish it was the whole month of January. Remember when I used to take the whole month off January? It was the best. And by off, I mean just like social media and talking to people. No. When did you do that? Were we friends? Yeah. Were we? I used to, I did it for like four or five years in a row. And I swear it was like the first couple years of Mad Happy. So I must have known you. Oh, like you, you would just take off social. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you know what? I have gifts for you that I'll bring Whoa. to you next week. Are you going to tell me what they are? No. Oh. Because I'm really okay. proud of them. Wow. I was okay, wrapping so them. Excited. I'm really proud of all my friend gifts this year. I was wrapping them and Zoe was like, these are really solid. And I was like, thank you. Ooh, I only got you one very small gift, but I was, it was fun. Cause I stumbled into that at the same place. I got the other thing. Yeah, you did. So you sent me a cute. really cool vintage architectural digest. And I'm looking at it right now from the eighties. What was it? 89? Was it? 83, I think. 80, oh shit. Old, old. I have to check. I can't see it. I can only see the spine. Did, did you look through though? Cause there's lots mm-hmm. of great graphic inspo for TMV, like Love really it. gorgeous old fonts and stuff. We used to have an archive room at the Ooh. magazine and we had all the old ones. This was pre-pandemic. And then after the pandemic came, they consolidated everything. We had to get rid of so many. I hope people took them home. And I still don't know what happened to them. I know like Condé that. Nast has a, an archive and I sure. don't know what happened to that. And there were tons of ADs in that archive, but then we had our own archive room that had a right. bunch and I would just go in there all the time when I had like a moment and I would just like look yeah. through stuff, but yeah, we took maybe it's in a storage room somewhere. I freaking hope so. Have you seen how many storage closets Kim Kardashian has? Yeah, I've just archived all like clothes from mm-hmm. however long. Can't no, relate. It's got to be something like that. Cannot relate. I'm Meadowlark and I'm Gabriela, and this is Thoughts May Vary, the podcast that sits at the intersection of mental health, nuance, and community. And we're grateful you're here. And that's me. That's just a little bit about us. Yeah. And is that gimmicky <laughs> enough for the people? <laughs> Tell me about your holidays. What are you unpacking? What's going on? Tell me the tea. <laughs> well, I'm in, but my unpacking is different than my holidays. My holidays was great. I was offline. I literally, I was as minimally on devices as humanly possible. Great. It's very, Fantastic. the holidays in between, like right before Christmas through New Year's is always feels very indie sleaze for me. Like it feels like I'm a teenager, mm-hmm. like waiting to go back to school. And so I like mm-hmm. read my like inner child or teenage books. I like mope around. I don't talk to anyone. Like it's my mom's birthday. So it ends up being like a lot of family time. Yeah. Like I kind of just do whatever the fuck I want. I get a little like cranky. I don't know, like a little, <laughs> no, yes. But also like 
spontaneous or like kind of flippant or like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's like love kind of like lean into that side of things. I'm so unarticulate today because I didn't sleep. I don't know how we're going to get through this. Anyway, we are. anyway, it was great. I'm so sad it's over. I honestly unpacking today, just kind of showing up very sensitive. My heart feels mm. so sensitive today. And Aww. it's nice because for the, did you hear Mahal cry at the perfect time? Yeah. <laughs> it's nice because I am for like the fucking fifth year in a row trying to do yoga with Adrian's 30 day January mm-hmm. challenge, which mm-hmm. I have yet to do all 30 days, even it's though okay. I try every single year. That's fine. Counts. We're doing it again. Um, and this morning her one was called notice. So it was like noticing your body, noticing how you're showing mm-hmm. up, blah, blah, blah. And I'll tell you one thing. I noticed that I am not grounded in my body right now. And so I'm very excited to be doing it and stretch it out and get more in touch. Cause I've just kind of been off my game a little bit, but I also really noticed like how sensitive I felt and where my feelings felt in my body. And it was very nice to show up and do that first thing in the morning and kind of take the mental check-in because then it adjusted the length of my meditation, it adjusted what I journaled about after, like my whole morning routine adjusted slightly because I took the second of space to figure out what I really am showing up with today. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very excited to continue doing that because I think it'll just help me ground into all my practices again. You know, I did the the challenge in November where I was yeah. really, really good in all of my routines. All went out the window by December. <laughs> so I'm really easing back into it. Um, So that's part of my unpacking. And then the other half is unpacking the fact that learning to communicate with your partner never ends, never ends. Mm. And Aaron and I don't get in fights about it anymore or fights about communication or things really, because we're so good at spotting it ahead of time. But the past, there was like two times in the past couple of days where he said something and I felt myself have an emotional reaction. And then I was like, why did you say it like that? And then I was like, why am I emotional about it? And we could talk it out, but it's cool. Cause it's like, oh, we've been together six years and I'm still learning different effective ways to say things so that, I mean, we're so limited by language and the way mm-hmm. in which we interpret different words and there's not a word for everything. And so we can say, Aaron and I have a tendency to communicate the exact same point in night and day ways, which I I think is really beautiful and cool because that's Mm -hmm. how you like hold a mirror to each other and get other perspectives. But sometimes there's a disconnect where I'm like, that's not the right word for that. You're saying something else. And he's like, no, I'm saying this. And I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. there's that kind of like figuring out how we communicate and then what's the best and most effective way to feel supportive by tailoring your communication. So it's cool. In no way is it fighting, but it's definitely like noticing an emotional reaction and then being like, why am I even emotional about that? That's not what they're saying. How are we saying it? How can we say it better? It's kind of, it's honestly kind of fun to work out because I'm not triggered. It's been fun and interesting and frankly, like keeps things spicy and cute to kind of like still be able to work through things. Cause it never ends. All we do, we, I mean, we've changed so much and we've changed together in a really beautiful way, but that means constantly assuming we don't know what the other person means, constantly assuming that maybe he means something like I'm always assuming that I don't know so that I can find out more and still respond and give him space to show up as a new person every single day. And I'm where we've been unpacking that a lot recently, frankly, in a really fun way. Like it's made a lot of really fun differences recently that have been like cute and sweet. Okay. Do you want to share any of those? 
it's kind of, it's hard to think of specific examples that aren't like more private, but just like little things. It's, it's frankly, okay, here's a fun way to say it. It's basically helped us flirt more. <gasps> Cute. So it's okay. like the way we communicate, the way we show up, the way we like signal certain things and how we mean, like it's, it's kind of changed. It feels more like lovey-dovey and flirty and cute and new, even though we've been dating six years Yeah, or are now married I or whatever. That. You know what I mean? I that. Mm-hmm. So it's I been really I, fun. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes when you, we get into like these, not, I don't want to say funks, but when you just get maybe into complacent, maybe complacent rhythms with your partner. Yeah. It's yes. really easy to just feel like you're on autopilot. And then because of that, at least I know with me, when I get into those modes, my patience becomes a lot yeah. thinner. And yeah. I notice that I'm not as receptive to jokes. I'm not as receptive to yeah. humor. And I take everything. I'm just like on defense mode. Mm-hmm. And... Lately, I've seen a similar shift where like we talked about some things and that has led to a very similar shift like that where now it's more light. It's more light and, and play. Yeah. It's just more light and playful. And it feels like that flirty while discussing like intimate, deep, vulnerable topics. So it's like creating more intimacy because it's vulnerable, like deeper conversations, but bringing the like light, fun, playfulness, like you're saying into it, which frankly does feel very like new year energy. If I have to lean into the new year right away, that feels very new year energy of like allowing your partner and long-term partner that is to show up differently every single day and be a new person every single day and like meet them and meet me at the same way and grow together. Yeah. I've also noticed that to that point of what you were saying about deep and meaningful conversations, I've also noticed that the more that we lean into the playful, it's not that deep side of our relationship, the easier and more casual those meaningful conversations are. Because I think it was getting to a point where it was like, do we really need to sit here and fucking unpack our feelings every fucking day? Like, no, we really don't. And frankly, I don't have a desire to do that. Yeah. And I know he does not either. So now it's lended itself to now like our conversations are so much more vast Mm. because it's like we can move through conversations and topics with much more ease, I've noticed. And it's it's opened up just to a degree of like, frankly, us just wanting to like talk to each other more. So we're like talking about random shit, whereas it kind of felt for a second like it was like we were talking about work and then we were like, talking about like what we needed to discuss. And like, that was kind of it. Those were like the Mm, parameters, you know? Yeah, Yeah, totally. Totally. I, I, Aaron and I don't talk about work that much. I think I've shared that with you or Mm -hmm. on here before too, which is kind of fun. I mean, we do like daily check-ins of course, and then we move on very quick. Aaron and I, (laughs) honestly, I'm so desperate to record some of our conversations for the internet. Cause that would love to hear fucking funny and so insightful and he'll never let me do it. He'll no, never he will never let me do it. He clams up. Fun. He clams up. And if I could, if yeah. I could secret camera anyone, it would be Aaron. My God, I would love to see that. I mean, all Ugh. the like videos that you have of him where he doesn't know he's being recorded, ten out of ten, are just so funny. People clam up. So funny. Yeah, it's fine. There's got to be one person that's allowed on the internet and one person that's MIA on the internet. It, it it's the balance, be. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait, um, that makes me happy, especially since you announced something on Instagram recently. 
Yeah, I just like, I didn't want to announce, okay, I'm married and I didn't want to <laughs> announce it. It doesn't feel like anyone's business. Like I no, just, I don't know what it is. Like Aaron and I, he's so thrilled. I feel this way as, as the one that like shares a lot on the internet. Yeah. But I was like, I'm on the internet for a very specific reason. And it is to spread mental health and spirituality tools and insights into foster community and help people feel less alone. Like whatever dress I wore to go elope has nothing to fucking do with that and isn't your business. Like I just, I don't know. It just feels weird. And it's so, it was so perfect and so special. And like, that's nobody's like, I don't know. I feel weird about it, but I'm going to post a couple photos because I love our film so much your, that we got, your we got the little wedding video filmed. that I it's watched sweet. this morning was it's so sweet. sweet. It's so good and sweet and us it's and so fun. cute. And I'm not going to share it, but I'll share a couple stills from it. I'll give but you a spoiler. Like, She's wearing sunglasses. It feels mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I literally, I, okay. I'll give that speaking. Cause I made the dress comment. Like I had one dress I wanted to wear. I had five minutes to get out the door and I noticed my dress was stained all over. So I like literally threw By the on way, a vintage which, dress like, I had for my mom, this... threw on shit sunglasses. Like it was, <laughs> no, I've had that it... dress for two and a half years. Sitting Never wore your garment it. bag. Never wore it. Tried it we on need to, twice. We need to dye it so that you can wear it. Cause it's a great dress. I know. Well, I never even, it is a great dress and I could wear it over and over, which is the whole reason I got it, but I'm going to take it to the dry cleaners to see what they can do. Yeah. And if not, yeah, let's just dye it, I guess. I don't know how to do that. You could wear that. (gasps) That's a good, like, baby shower dress. Oh, that's cute. You know what I mean? Totally. A bump would look really cute in that dress, A bump would look really cute in that dress. Like a pregnancy announcement. Not that you probably won't, but who knows? (laughs) Who knows? But anyway, I was was annoyed with me saying or trying not to say husband on the internet because I, like, didn't know how I wanted to share it or not, and then it was just confusing. So anyway, I'm married, and it's the best. (laughs) I can't wait to see his ring in person. Uh, You have it? No. I haven't seen you guys. I've seen you, but I haven't seen him. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. wild. Oh, yeah, because you were gone when we came up for Friendsgiving and all that. I was Mm -hmm. like, I swear Mm -hmm. I just saw you. Yeah, it's so cool. I mean, of course, he had to get a diamond ring ring. too, you know, but all of our rings are like family custom made stuff. So it's very, very sentimental and us and fairly family. I would love to dig in a little bit just to backtrack into what you were talking about, what you share on the internet, because I think you've done a really good job in the last few months in particular where, Mm. so to give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of TMB, um, Adi, who works with us, I think we've shown her in a Patreon vlog. So we have, yeah. Keep her there. She has really helped us with like project management and our strategy. And she really helped Meadow and I think through the type of content that we wanted to be putting out onto the internet aside from just the podcast. And mm-hmm. I think Meadow and I were falling into this trap and correct me if you don't feel this way, but I feel like we were falling into this trap of just doing whatever we see people we follow post and being like, okay, I guess that's what we need to post on the internet. I feel like we just kind of fell into this trap of doing what we thought we were supposed to do without taking a beat. Like you were saying earlier to actually get in tune with what we're feeling and what we want to say and present to the world. And so Adi really helped us sit down and do that. And I think Meadow has done a really, really phenomenal job of disseminating what it is and what your boundaries are are with the internet Mm, and what you want to share. And I really have been looking to you, even if I don't talk to you about it, I'm like watching your content and just, it's been helping me figure out how I want to show up online. Mm. Um, 
And so, yeah, I would love to, for you to talk a little bit about that for anybody who wants to show up on the internet in a certain way, or they are showing up on the internet, but they're feeling like a slight bit of burnout, the ways in which mm. you were able to figure out what you are comfortable with slash, which can also, by the way, has to do with my unpacking, but also be open to the reality of change that like you might change your mind and that yeah. might be fine because I think the yeah. internet doesn't do very well. We're getting better at it, but it doesn't do very well with creators deciding to change what they're doing. Even if you look at or be multifaceted or mm -hmm. like if you look yeah. at what's happening, I don't know if you followed any of this, but there was like a big drama with Emma Chamberlain because oh, I have no idea. The internet she was like the internet's sweetheart and like there was no real drama around her. And then, you know, she's had all of these big career moves and has been less on YouTube. And now that she's back online, I don't know the full extent of it. Okay. Of course. Don't yeah. come at me. We don't know her but, personally. Yeah. Right. Or just like even the full extent of what people are saying. But my understanding just from the clips that I saw on TikTok were, is that she, people just feel like she's no longer easy to relate to, that she, you know, has changed, which no shit she got on the internet when she was like fucking 15. And obviously now she's makes millions, millions of dollars and has a company and like lives a completely different life that she did when she was like right. in her parents' home. And that, you know, she's just so out of touch with reality. And I'm sure just, that there's been I, shit. I like that her she vlogs. Has, I would never say she's out of touch with reality. Right. I think people were upset because she made a comment about how she doesn't check her bank account and how she has like an extreme measures of checks and balances in place where like she doesn't have, like no one's going to be stealing money from her, but she has like, you know, like her parents have access to it. Like her, obviously her accountant, whatever, like all the, like she has all of these series of checks and balances to ensure that she doesn't have to look at her account because she was like, I have enough. She was like, my home was my purchase of my life. I have enough. I'm good with what I have. I don't need to be checking my account all the time because I'm not spend like I know what I can do basically. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if there was more to the story that people had a shit fit because of, but that was the part that I understood that people were like, this girl's so out of touch because she's like, I don't check my, but she, in my opinion, she wasn't saying it in that flippant of a way, but either way, my point of this is that I think that the internet really doesn't do well with letting people change. That is the only constant. <laughs> I want to say something in this so badly, but I don't know how it's going to land. So I don't know if I should say it. I mean, please go ahead and we'll decide later. I just, this is coming from someone who is objectively poor. Okay. So let's put that out there. The poor continuing to demonize the rich is keeping us to have no middle class. Like the fact that we watch someone grow and do something new for her life and set up her family in a different way and exist in a different world. One of my best and closest family friends is in her sixties, almost seventies. She grew up in the Philippines and literally got an orange for Christmas. And now she drives luxury cars and wears luxury brands and does whatever the fuck she wants. And I love that for her. If she got to turn it around and gets to play with money in a new way that is fun for her, allows her to give back in a different way and live her authentic expression. Like, yes, babe. Like how fun for you. Like that doesn't take away anything from me. That doesn't make me less likely to relate to you. I can sure feel that I have different stressors that you don't have that definitely exist. But my fucking God, like if we just continue to demonize the people that get money, you will never get money. Like I just, wow. Okay. Anyway, I understand what aside, you're saying. Yes. There's nuance to everything. It's just my reaction to what you had to say. Rant aside, 
the tool that's allowed me to be able to do that and figure out my boundaries and show up and whatever is thanks to Ari because she initiated it. But it's a tool we talk about all the time, which is finding your fucking North Star and defining your mission statement. Like in the same way we did the unpacking future planning and defining Mm -hmm. a mission statement for where you are in life right now. Oops, sorry. It doesn't have to be forever, but right now where you're at, where we're going and using that as a roadmap to do different things. Ari asked us to write an internal mission statement for how we wanted to show up specifically on TikTok in one platform, one mission statement. She said, you don't have to share it publicly, but for yourself. And she gave us a format, which is Mm -hmm. I am blank and I'm here to do or help whatever blank. And that has been, that, I don't know, that changed everything for me. Because if I can disseminate everything back to my thesis, back to my mission mm-hmm. statement, it becomes real clear what's supportive and helpful for that and what isn't. Granted, I like to play. I like to explore. I like to meet the moment where it's at. If people are going to ask me about my skincare, that is my other greatest passion in life. Does it have anything right. to do with mental health? No, but it makes me so happy and it's so fun. It is my absolute pleasure to share about it if someone asks. How cool is that? The other day, I, I haven't posted it yet. I filmed a What's in My Bag. Why? Because I missed old YouTube. Nothing to do with anything, but I kind of missed old YouTube. And frankly, what's in my bags feel pretty intimate to me in a cute mm-hmm. way and a peek into someone's life. Like, I, So I'm keeping room for openness. I usually sit on things and let things sit in my drafts before I post them right away to figure out if I like it or not. But like having that internal compass and mission statement to come back to has brought so much clarity. In fact, I'll even share what mine is because I don't share it publicly, but if you've made it this far, you're clearly a homie. So I'll share what it is. I'm a mental health witch here to bring people closer to their authentic self. And that's it. And everything Mm -hmm. I do, I try to come back to that because the witch part just ends up being the spirituality part, which I identify more as a fairy than a witch. I digress, but it just, it's such a fun way to just get, yeah, just gain clarity about it. And then it makes my time offline or the things that I want to keep offline so precious. I don't know. Aaron was talking about how, was it Paris? People were getting very upset because in Paris at the ball drop, not one person was like present in the moment. Every single person was like this. And there was Mm -hmm. like maybe one couple hugging and holding each other. And he was like, in the 90s, you saw everyone like celebrate and turn and kiss and like be in a community like you're at a concert. And now it's just all like this. And so wanting to share on the internet and knowing exactly what I'm there to do and help and share allows me when I'm offline to like fucking live in that offline. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I gain the motivation, inspiration, insights, downloads to authentically bring to what I'm trying to share. Like it just, it ends up feeling so supportive. It's like helped me find this balance. It's helped me define parameters. Like if anyone is trying to post on the internet, like that has been such a helpful practice that Ari made us define all thanks to her. And it's, I'm now I'm in my TikTok era, I guess. I posted for like what, one month on TikTok and I have more followers than I've been on Instagram for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. Since I was in college and not saying that like I was always trying to grow or I'm, it's all counts or whatever, but it's just kind of like a fun, it's a fun new platform that is, I'm having fun on again. Cause I was, and I wasn't, and I was, and I wasn't, and that's really helped. That's helped me stay consistent. Yeah. Well, I, I heard somebody talk about that recently on TikTok where they were like, just throw shit at the wall. Like they were like, I understand that us social media managers telling you guys to post two videos a day, seven days a week or six days a week sounds like a lot, but they were like, but that is frankly one of the best ways to just make you be consistent because it makes you think less about what you're posting Mm. and not to say that you shouldn't care about what you're contributing to the internet, 
but just in the sense of don't get so caught up on like, because if you're saying, you know, I'm going to post one video a week, then that whole week you're thinking about the hours that you're going to spend on this video and the hours you're going to spend editing it. Just fucking throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. And not even see what sticks, whatever makes you happy. Whatever is easy for you to talk about. Is the new nine to five trap. I'm just saying. It really, the way it's acting out, did you see that one TikTok going around that are like the TikTok shop is giving mall kiosk vibes? Because it is. Like, it really is. And it, but you know what's funny? Between like how I show up, between what I was unpacking with communication, with how I spent my holiday break, like everything for me, I mean, I just such I just beat a dead horse over and over again. It's all about presence. It's all about being here now. Like when mm-hmm. I create space to have presence, to connect with myself, to like really listen to where I'm at and how I'm showing up, there's space between myself and my emotions so that I can approach a conversation with Aaron with so much more love and compassion for both of us. There's space for me to understand like where my boundary is with trying to communicate on a digital space or an in-person place. Like everything comes down to these little pockets of like absolute presence with myself. And it just it, it like you just see the way it bleeds into everything. I know it's my North Star and I know it's probably mm-hmm. so annoying to hear me say this over and over again, but it, it's literally the answer to everything. <laughs> it's to like meet yourself in the present moment for myself. But I, I, I let me say let me just be so bold to say it's probably the answer for everyone listening to this. Too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, then can I please tell you what I'm unpacking? Because it literally yes, leads perfectly into it. So yeah. I'm gonna talk about something really quickly that leads up to what I'm unpacking, but okay. Meadow just set me up perfectly. And at the risk of sounding like one of those people that just had their first thought ever <laughs> and is like, this is the best <laughs> idea I've ever had, bear with me. Okay. 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 <laughs> Because I'm going to tell you this and you're going to be like, no fucking shit, idiot. But bear with me. I'm sure I'm not going to say it, but okay. You will. Have you ever heard (laughs) – have you ever heard of the end of history illusion? I don't know. Maybe not. Okay. So I'm currently reading Psychology of Money, which is a phenomenal book. And it it talks about this concept, which is not specific. Like he didn't come up with this, but he's talking about this concept. So – the end of history illusion is what psychologists psychologists why do i feel like that's not a word it is that is definitely a word it's yeah. a definitely a word i just had one of those moments where the english language <laughs> failed you <laughs> <clears throat> completely failed me anyway the end we of didn't history sleep, remember we didn't the end of history illusion is this idea that psychologists say is basically how people have the incredible ability to be acutely aware of how much they've changed in the past but continue to underestimate how much they will change in the future Mm, beautifully right. said. Okay. So it was talking about this and Daniel Gilbert, who's a Harvard psychologist, has a TED talk about this. And there was like a six minute little clip about this particular situation that we're talking about. And he basically explains that we walk around with this illusion that we in this present moment are the people that we were meant to be and the people that we're going to be and hit our personal history ends in this moment. Yeah. And For now, that can be true. For now, it can be Mm -hmm. true that we are who we've always wanted to be. But Mm -hmm. then you think about all the decisions that we may have made as past versions of ourselves that we thought the future version of ourselves would be super happy with, and we're not. Whether it's something as small as getting a tattoo or Mm -hmm. choosing to go down a a particular career path or even a marriage, there's Mm -hmm. all these decisions that compounded were like, oh my God, I can't believe I thought that I would want that. And Mm -hmm. now I'm stuck because we Mm -hmm. think too, like 
we can't do anything about it. Now we're just, mm-hmm. now we're just here. And so it, it's, I was just thinking so much about it because it's such a duh concept <laughs> that I so often forget or fall trapped to, I've done all of this work on myself and I'm so self-aware that of course I am the most like me version mm-hmm. of me. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even though I consciously know that we're all works in progress and I literally have a fucking mental health podcast where we talk about all we're going to do is keep changing. Yeah. But in the moment I'm like, no, I know the answer. Yeah. I know the answer. <laughs> And so it's it's just I've been chewing on that. I like I read it. I was reading about this last night in bed and I just started laughing and I was like that is fucking hysterical. And so is there anyways. a specific facet or avenue or like example that came to your mind that you follow oh, yeah. you saw your Okay, can you yeah. share it or So no? yes, okay. so that's what I was going to share, but the okay. point of all of it is that what I just said, the point of it is that we're all works in progress. Absolutely. Even though so many of us walk around thinking that we're a complete product. And the key I think that's in, more insidious though, and not in a negative way. Maybe that's the wrong word, but I think that I think that's more unconscious than than most people are privy to. Because I think mm. someone would hear that and be like, "I don't think I'm a work. Like I have so much work to do. Like I don't think I'm done." Mm-hmm. But I I think subconsciously people act like you're saying that this present moment of them will always be how they think and feel and move forward mm-hmm. and what beliefs they have and patterns they have. I mm-hmm. think it's a little bit more. Yeah. I don't, insidious yeah. isn't the right word, but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm watching you draw like a little, the roots of a tree. Exactly. And how it I was just like, it goes like, into different. Yes. 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 A hundred percent. And I, so what, what it talks about and what Daniel Gilbert and what Morgan Housel, I think is how you say his last name, talk about in the book as well, is just the key to it. And Morgan Housel is specifically talking more about the way that our financial plans are going to be changing. So like, that's how he's using this example. But one of the keys to it, I think is just applicable to everything. And what I said earlier, the one constant that we know is that change is going to exist. So I think the key to this end of history illusion is to accept the fact that you are going to change your mind. And then when you do inevitably change your mind, move on as quickly as possible, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because that's where that trap starts to happen. And so that's where I've been relating to. I mean, think about the phone call we had yesterday, which is why I was laughing when I was reading this. Cause I was like, this is exactly what I was talking about with Meadow. And to, to clue you guys in on what I was talking about with Meadow, I was basically just like recapping how I feel like 2023 was. And I was like, I have felt, and I, I made a TikTok about this where I was like, I feel like I spent the entire 2023 fucking journaling. I was just <laughs> fucking journaling. I was journaling away on all my little plans and everything I wanted to do. And you know what I didn't fucking do? The majority of the time is actually take action. (laughs) Okay? So this is the year that I take action. I'm going to execute on the fucking ideas and I'm just going to do more. And I don't say like do more in the way of like hustle culture do more. But quite frankly, like I I, got to do. I got to do on those ideas that I was thinking about and journaling about. Right. And so we were talking about this and – So I was thinking about that, and then I was thinking about just how that has stunted my progress, Mm -hmm. particularly in my career, and how that's, like, very self-inflicted. And I then was reflecting later on just the few years that I've been a freelancer. And I don't mean to sound – you know I never talk about regrets because I just don't Mm – 
not that I don't believe in them, but I just think point A got us to point B. We have the lessons mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But in the spirit of if anybody else is feeling similarly or is currently in a moment where they feel stuck and they feel like they can't make a change, you can Because think about all the times that you had to make a change in the past and you're going to continue to have to make a change in the future. And the particular example that I'm thinking about is when I quit my job to become a full-time freelancer. I went into magazines since I was fucking 13. I was like, I will be Anna Wintour. That will be me. She will be me. I will be her. That is the plan here. And I went into Condé Nast at 22 years old after having all my little internships being like, I'm going to be an editor-in-chief. I even said it to my boss in my interview. She was like, what job do you want? And I was like, yours. That's what I want. And once I was in that company, I knew that that something was feeling disconnected. And I knew that that maybe wasn't the path for me. And now I'm, that might change. I'm not as naive now as I was then to say that I would never be an editor-in-chief. Who fucking knows? That job sounds mm-hmm. sick in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Who fucking knows what the world is going to hold for me? But the point is I had to make a change in that moment because in that moment I knew that that following that ladder of staying in-house at a magazine, growing to be an assistant editor, then you know a senior editor, then maybe a director, like that, that ladder wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I spent the better half of those first two years as a freelancer gripping onto what I thought I was supposed to be doing, but what I thought I was supposed to be, it was, it was an insane disconnect because it was like, I had made this choice to move into a newer version of myself, but I was holding on to all of the behaviors of a mm-hmm, past dream. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that doesn't, that's like the biggest cognitive dissonance. Like it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. But that's how I was moving. And I feel like that, not I feel, I know that that has stunted my growth as a professional and in my well in, a per, in a personal way as well. And again, not to say like, I'm going to sit here and whine about it, but now I'm going to take action and change that because I recognize that and I'm over it. Mm-hmm. So I say all that to say like, if you are somebody who's gripping onto this past version of something, let it go. Make a choice, make a change. It's never too late to pivot. This is where I really like rituals because I do think Mm -hmm. two things are brought to mind in the same way that you're saying, yes, you can move on, like make the choice. I think that beliefs have a lot to do with how we're able to change and believe in ourselves and move forward or start a new habit or pattern or whatever. And I, I've said it here before, but you can approach that like, Mm -hmm. I, this is how I've always done things. This is how I should do things. Or I can break and change and move and be different every single day. And that's just as valuable. Mm-hmm. But this is where I really like the idea of intention and rituals because I do, I mean, it's it's human nature to be afraid of the unknown. Like our brains, our subconscious are afraid of the unknown, even if that unknown is a move objectively better or healthier for us if it's new to us we don't reconcile, our brains don't reconcile with that right away. So Mm -hmm. carving out that intentional space to close the chapter on the old version of you, move through the old version of you, write down all the habits you did when you were at AD, look them over, thank each one in a row with a deep breath and fucking burn it in a fire safe dish. Like all those little like fun, intentional ritual, like Mm -hmm. witch talk shit 
is all just a way to like energetically acknowledge and really be intentional about looking at what worked for you in the past, thanking it and fucking putting it to the side. Cause people don't carve out time and space to do that. And I think Mm -mm. a lot of people are like, Oh, if I don't work that out in therapy or work that out in my journal, like, what does that mean? Like, what does that look like to just let that go? And so that's why these small little like ritual moments or self-care moments become so fucking impactful because you'll remember that you made a physical and energetic action and did like a little dance to let that shit go and step into a new version. It's like such a, such a closing of the chapter, like such a physical Mm -hmm. representation of stepping into that new version of you. But it does Mm -hmm. take the self-belief and the awareness, like you're saying, to remember that if that old version of you is so different than where you are now, then where you are in a year will be vastly different than the habits, patterns, preferences Mm -hmm. that you have right now and being open to meeting that. And that comes back to meeting the fucking present moment here and now over and over and over and over again and accepting that if that's a new version of yourself. Which, by the way- I love that unpacking. Thanks. Which, by the way, reminds me too of what you were saying earlier about the way that that you approach Aaron as if you don't know. Right. You don't know what he's yeah. thinking. You don't know what he's feeling. You you have that beginner's mentality with him, mm-hmm. which is what is going to make you guys like last. Because right. he was talking about that too. And he was like, the key to compounding, you have to leave it alone, like let it grow, mm-hmm. not suffocate it. Mm-hmm. And then also have like the understanding that it's going to shift. So you have to put mm-hmm. in endurance. That's what it was. That's the word that he was using. Need yeah. to have endurance, which have is an interesting concept in in relationships. You guys, I got a good text message, so I feel better. I'm not cranky anymore. Good. Well, also, yeah. anytime we have a conversation, I'm less cranky. Um, I was just thinking while you were talking, and we could take it, you know, money, career, relationship, whatever, but in addition to our brain's biggest fear being the unknown – What do you feel like, maybe just speak from your own personal experience, but I'm kind of thinking as a hypothetical collective experience, like what is it about change or pivot or failing fast or meeting a new version of ourselves that feels so hard to let go of? Because there is a lot of resistance there. Obviously I've felt that. Mm -hmm. I know you felt that you're sharing about feeling that. And the key, right, is like the diary of the CEO, fail fast, like do it over and over again, pivot, move, change. But that feels like a very hard concept for the collective to embrace? Well, because I think change is extremely destabilizing. And when we are the one thing that we can rely on and count on to have our backs, when we're also changing, that can feel like the ground is just completely shaky beneath you. I know that's how I feel where I'm like, there's so much going on. And now I'm like unfamiliar yeah. With myself or with yeah. what I want or what my needs are. Like that can, it, it can, I don't know, it can feel really destabilizing. I know there's like a flip it, side to it, but I'm just saying, right. I think that that's sometimes well, it's hard to grasp. It does. It is. But it, it also feels like the choose the or to me where I'm like, or it feels like the kindest way you could show up for yourself. And sometimes it almost feels safer to self sabotage and fail than it is to try something new and fail for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's interesting. I'm sure it's different for everyone. And depending on, like you're saying, like whatever facet in your life you meet it with, but man, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like that ability to meet yourself now over and over and over again and change every moment and run with that change 
is like the fucking key, man. It's the fucking key. Cause you know, I'm big on the, um, I used to really, really be into in my early twenties. I listened to a lot of Oprah's super soul conversations Mm because I like to listen to successful people share their story because you realize like people don't read success till their forties or fifties or they start all over. It's kind of fun to see everyone's journey is wild and like a roller coaster. And it's fun to be reminded of that in your twenties when you feel like you have to be on a linear path. I mean, it, and just bringing it back to what I was saying earlier about Emma Chamberlain, I think that that same thing that I said about that destabilizing feeling people on the internet, there's so many people that create content on the internet and their pure purpose is just to provide companionship. And so think about when one of your best friends is all of a sudden a completely new person. You're like, wait, Mm -hmm. well, what's going on? What, I don't Mm -hmm. understand it. What's happening. And so Mm -hmm. imagine this person that you've attached yourself to someone like Emma Chamberlain, who was showing these like really intimate vlogs and you feel like you're her best friend and you feel like you know her and you have access to her is now a not giving you as much access because she's not posting as much mm-hmm. B her boundaries are probably a lot firmer in terms of like mm-hmm. not showing who she's dating or, you know, whatever. And also like her lifestyle is now something that you can no longer relate to. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what, what's going on? And so I, I understand why people's innate reaction is to feel angry and feel like this sense of betrayal, but it's completely misplaced because that's, it's not her job to be your best friend. And it's not her job to make you feel comfortable within your own life. Now a projection of who she is. Right. And again, like take this with a grain of salt, because from my understanding, people were just pissed about the money comment. It could be a lot deeper and I didn't look into it enough. But if that is the net net of why people are mad at her, it's absurd because it's like, this is a 23 year old girl who is navigating a very new life circumstance. Like the, the, the very short amount of time Mm -hmm. in a very short amount of time in a very, very short, I think internet fame is so bizarre because we just underestimate the amount of people that are having to go through this massive shift of what that means. And I know that it's like a grass is greener scenario. And I know that it's like, people could easily say, oh, well, like poor them, what are their problems? And there was another fucking quote in this book that I wrote down that I was like, that is so true. It was like every every job looks easy when you're not the one doing it because the challenges faced by someone in the arena are often visible to those in the crowd, mm-hmm. which is super true, mm-hmm. especially in like well a case said. like this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But in the- yeah, we got to let people change. <laughs> let them. Yeah. Let them. In this. In the same way that we often speak to wanting or wishing or trying to figure out how mental health education and information could be taught and disseminated or how to be a critical thinker and how to look at this and how to show up for yourself and why self-care is different for everyone, the way that tech is blending more seamlessly into our daily lives, I think, is going to require us to have formal education for what um, what's that word? What's that word? Uh, parasocial relationships look like how to find a safe community online, what expectations and not to have, like, this is a very new endeavor for all of us. How the fuck do we not provide resources, education tools? Aaron said something brilliant to me the other day that was sort of like this. And now I'm going to totally forget the context, 
but it was something along the lines of, well, like, has anyone ever taught you how to use it that way? Or like, has anyone ever, and referring to something on the internet? And I was like, no, like where, where would that be? Who would be that resource? Mm -hmm. Who's responsible for that? Like, is it schools? Is it Facebook? Is it the people making it? Is it content creators that like, who's responsible for that education? But I think the education in and of itself clearly is necessary because it's harming both sides. It's harming viewers and consumers and it's harming creators. Mm -hmm. So how do we find from the start ways to teach people how to critically consume, how to find conscious community, what expectations to have, like how to move through, like these are, these feel like very necessary tools to being a human in today's day and age. If you're a parent and have a kid in school or you recently graduated from school, I would love to know if any of these things are being implemented within the school system because I frankly have yeah. not I know my mom's, into it. I think I've shared this on here before, but I know my mom's school has a social, emotional, behavioral wellness teacher. Mm-hmm. So I know they're teaching some concepts like that, but yeah, this like- No, but specific to the internet and navigating to, the Yeah, internet. tech safety, no idea. Couldn't tell you. I'll let you know in a couple of years when I have a kid. Anyway. Yeah. Change is inevitable. <laughs> way to end every podcast anyway yeah that's (laughs) i don't know though yeah i don't know crazy (laughs) all those stupid like if you have a podcast you say this very interesting stuff Mm. i think um i have to bite my tongue a little bit but i'm working on some projects that have to do with a lot of these kind of things in terms of how do we educate people on these concepts? What's the most effective way to do that? How to include everyone, how to disseminate that, who's responsible for it. So I really, really love to hear people's opinion, like DM us if you have opinions or insights to this at all, mm-hmm. because that's going to directly help me with a cutie little project I'm working on. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird space to be in. Also, I mean, just, you know, ended on a happy note. My cousin and I were talking the other day about something, something similar, but not exactly this. We were talking just about like where growth, like growth in, in career, growth in life, whatever. And I was telling her, I was like, I know, again, this is something that everybody says, but we fail to listen. What the fuck just happened the last three years? Right. What the, what the fuck was that? Okay. Like I feel emotionally, physically, energetically, spiritually fucking stunted. What the fuck was, was that (laughs) bullshit? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And we have become so flippant with saying it, but it's fucking true. So we need Mm -hmm. to cut ourselves a little bit of fucking slack and have a little bit of grace in that Mm -hmm. process. And I feel very similarly like with just the entire conversation now of change, because it is like those three years, I mean, the amount of personal growth that I feel like I've had in those three years is wild, but it I is, I can co-sign that. Thank you. But it is, un, and you too, but it's unbelievable when it hasn't caught up to like your physical reality. I was just talking about that with my friend in terms of your body or your mind and all the spiritual self-work growth you do, like that catching up with your physical reality, the way you move through your day with how you mm-hmm. feel about yourself with like truly how you feel in your body. Like that is a real disconnect that takes a second. Every single, I'm going to sound so metal arc right now. Do it. Every single member of the coven after Sedona got wildly sick within a month and a half because that disconnect from like how much spiritual, emotional growth you do 
to like reintegrate into who you are. Like that is such a real thing to like mm-hmm. merge all of those. You know how we talk about mo- body, mind, soul, spirit, whatever, mm-hmm. like those all coming together literally takes a minute. Like that is major real spiritual cognitive dissonance. Mm-hmm. That's a real thing that no one talks about that I feel very strongly about. I was mm-hmm. just, just talking about it with a friend that's not even like spiritual in the way we are. Do you know what makes me, people are feeling that. Do you know what makes me happy too about this whole conversation, just in some, is that I think the wellness community gets this bad rap of doing exactly what I did last year, which was just write in my fucking journal and, you know, <laughs> do nothing else. And so you what I love things. about, I know, I know, I know, things. I know, I know, okay. I know. I'm just being funny. But I know w- this year, what I liked about this conversation is that you and I have that awareness of, that sounds such like such a fucking annoying statement, but my point is I want us to have that awareness of like, you can be spiritual and work on your personal development and journal shit out, but that doesn't mean that you have to be completely stagnant in your career or it doesn't make you the fucking devil because you want to excel in your career and make money and, you know, define success in whatever way is right for you. I feel like there's been that, that like, now there's this reckoning happening with the pendulum. You know, we were girl bossing so hard. Now we're like not, we're soft girling to the point that Uh we're just fucking Play-Doh and like not doing anything. And now it's like kind of starting to go back center where it's like, wait, ambition isn't, isn't horrifying. Mm Mm-hmm. Ambition isn't like, you know, I'm not, I'm not less than because I don't want to live on a fucking farm without a phone. (laughs) Like, why does that make me less evolved? Because. Or lessened by divine feminine. Yeah. Or lessened by fucking divine feminine. Because I accomplish something. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I heard the fucking gnarliest shit someone said the other day about living in their divine feminine that I'm so You're so cute when you try to not say crazy to me. I know. I try so hard. It's so cute. Yeah. It feels like flirting. Keep going. Anyway, (laughs) this is a whole other conversation about the divine feminine bullshit because like what people have taken these buzzwords and turned them into is out of fucking control. Yeah. It does not mean- And you know what the funniest part is? People think that we do that. (laughs) Sorry. No, I know. Remember? I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So if you commented anything like that on any of our YouTube videos, I'm going to tell you (laughs) that just because I preach on the internet about being your authentic self and wanting to live in my divine feminine doesn't mean I'm a fucking spineless bitch who doesn't, who wants, you know, no, who wants just nothing to do with modern day society. And I'm just going to go frolic in a fucking forest in my prairie dress and like bathe in the fucking river. Like no bitch. I have separate ambitions and I'm pretty career driven and focused. And that doesn't make me any less like spiritually fucking inclined. Period. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Say it louder. Like say it with your chest. You can do both. You can do fucking both. both. Which leads me to, I really take umbrage with all of these new year ins and outs lists. You know what's fucking out? Telling someone what is in and out. Can't you just let people live and like what they like? like? It is so gross to be like, I was like, waiting for you to say something like, about those, those types lists. of tops. Are out. Mm-hmm. I was going to make a rant about it, and I was like, it's not even worth my energy. It's just like but not like, that deep, yeah. You know what's gross? It's telling people what they can and cannot like if you're cool or not cool. Like, are we still in high school? 
Victoria Beckham did a like beauty trends ins or outs. I was like, I don't give a flying fuck what she says is in or out. Like if I want to do something, I'm going to fucking do it. Like I, anyway, that's what's in or out, in or out list. That's what's mm-hmm. out. I heard, um, a clip of one of Valeria Lipovetsky's podcast episodes. We and love her. She, We're OGs of her, by the way. So she was interviewing her assistant. I think it's her assistant. And her okay. assistant made a comment of like, it, it would like suck the life out of me to have to like be worried about like the man that I'm dating, like what he's wearing. And Valeria was like, first of all, have we not seen the trend of like the, the fucking boyfriend to husband glow up? Like it's real. <laughs> a, okay. A, it's real. Like girls do it the opposite uh, way where we just become right. fucking disgusting and they just glow up. It's so funny. So it's real. She starts off by, and then she's like, and also like, just let them have their moment. Who fucking cares? It's not like Instagram has made us believe that everything needs to be so fucking aesthetic. And if it's not like you're a loser and your man is a fucking loser too. And like, she was saying, she was like, do we all forget like Gary's Balenciaga fucking hoodie phase where that's like all he wore. That's and it's like just funny. and then and then um Jay Shetty and his wife were also talking about this on their I saw episode that. where she was oh, like I, I, I can't tell you how much I related to that. Mm-hmm, I knew you would. Where she where uh-huh. he was like, Yeah, I don't go to you for fashion advice. And she was like, No, you shouldn't, because I don't like half the shit you wear, but you like it. So why are you I'm not gonna lie to you and tell you, Aaron but I'm gonna I tell you if you like closet. it, wear it. <laughs> no, exactly. so and I do the same thing. Like he'll buy something yeah. and I'll be like, I do you want my opinion or not? Because I, you're, yeah. I don't like it, but if you like it. Wear that and shit said, proudly. Who cares? Right. And now he just explains to me what he's going for or why or why it's cool to him. And I'm like, that's fucking right, babe. That tell right. him. They don't even know. Right. You got three Salehi Bemberies. They don't even fucking know, babe. Who knows? And I'm like, I ugly Crocs. Care less. Like, who cares? Exactly. Exactly. Slay, Aaron. <laughs> but he's so cool that, like, <laughs> yes, bitch, you are so cool. Like, I love it. Like, I just remember when I was single and I was in the dating pool and little birdies in my ear would be like, Oh God, I can't believe he he showed up wearing that. Or like, I can't believe he did that. And then like, I let it get to me. And then I was like, wait, I don't fucking care. I can't believe you care. I can't believe you would say that about someone. Like that's how I feel now. Like if he's not walking in with his fucking dick out, like I don't care. Right. And in fact, I have so much respect. We've said this again before, but like people whether or not your style is something I'm into for myself or not, when you show up like yourself and you tried and you put something together and you looked in the mirror, this is what my mom always says. If you see someone whose outfit you hate or is crazy, you know that they looked in the mirror and went, yes. Literally. And that to me, I respect Literally. so much more, which I get, yeah, we're not, it's not every day. It's like, whatever. But I respect that so much more than just like trying to buy whatever's in style and like fit in to what you think is cute. Like, do mm-hmm. something for yourself. Put something together weird. Look at yourself in the mirror and go, yes. Like, that is so and cool. And listen, listen, just for all the fucking bitches on here who are like, oh my God, Gabby, you care. Yes. Obviously, when my boyfriend puts together an outfit that I love, I'm like, wow, hottest man on planet Earth. Like, of right. course. Of course, I think it's attractive when my boyfriend wears a cool outfit like right. that I like too. I have eyes, okay? Like, I'm also not pretending. But like, right. again, it's... Is it gonna is it gonna make or break my day because he wore something that I don't like? 
Do you know how ugly I looked in my sunglasses when I eloped? <laughs> There's the stupidest fucking sunglasses I could have chose to wear. I look and so look how ugly he's looking at you in those in the video. Does it he's matter? So in love. Like, no, it's so cute and funny that I had <laughs> five minutes to pull anything I could find together and run to the courthouse. Like it's so cute and so special, and we felt good together. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. Plus, Becky, who works at Chanel, told me I'm more chic because it looks like I could care less. And I was like, I really couldn't because I had no time to care. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I don't know. Really, you know what's funny? We should really just make sure on days like this that we record for like two hours. Because yeah. the first hour we could scrap. By the second hour, we're really in the groove. Like you always turn my mood around in such Same. a way that I'm like, we should bank more time. Or like just chit chat, talk shit for 30 minutes off record and then press record. I know. I feel like the last 30 minutes of this, people are going to watch and be like, just fuck already because we're like I so <laughs> excited to be here. <laughs> Little do they know every photo shoot we have is our engagement shoot. We're due Literally. for another engagement shoot. We're really due for another engagement shoot. Mm-hmm. Looks like you just yeah. got to go to LA. <laughs> oh, I have, I have a whole list of like things I need to do in LA, but I need to come up and stay for like a week. So I'm thinking maybe – okay. It depends on if we're when our thing is going to happen or not. Well, girl, happen. you got to tell me because I have weddings for the next three months. Shit. I'm going to be traveling. I forgot. Hey, there do you want to get an trips. Airbnb together to the wedding we're going to together, or do we want to get a hotel? I think we should look into it. Maybe okay. we can ask. I think that could be really fun. I think so too. We'll talk offline. I have some ideas. Okay. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Well, now that we're in a good mood, bye. <laughs> If you rate made it this review. long, thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for sticking with us. Rate and review. Please Love subscribe you. to our YouTube channel. Check out our Patreon if you want any additional exclusive content. Send this episode to a friend. Tag us on anything that you post on Instagram. DM us. Good job, baby. With ideas or guests that you'd like to see. Also, go on our new and improved website. Yeah, which baby. is beautiful. She's cute. Thank you, Adi. And you can move little things around and play mm-hmm. with them. Make your Go own play on that fun. website. Go to our contact sheet. Send us in questions, themes, guests. Talk to us. Tell us to go fuck ourselves. Who cares? <laughs> Tell us to kiss already. Here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. How's it going, y'all? It's Aaron. Don't let your Monday suck. Don't have those Sunday scaries. I'm tired of everybody waking up in the week saying, ah, shit, it's Monday. You know what goes down? TMV releases every week on Mondays. Make sure you rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're watching YouTube, yes, TMV has a YouTube. Be sure to subscribe and ring that noti bell and never miss a thing. And also, join the TMV familia by joining the Thoughts May Vary Patreon and by following at Thoughts may vary pod on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for listening. Great. There you go. Thanks, ladies. Gotcha.